Welcome to this sixth edition of Leading with Confidence. My name is Confidence Sileme and I'm your host. This program is proudly powered by the William Sileme Foundation and the Foundation's mission is enabling education in Africa. This week, I'd like us to talk on a topic I've titled Diversity is not adversity. Diversity is not adversity. One of the reasons diversity seems to be such a hot-button topic in many industries and organizations is because a large number of people equate diversity with adversity. They believe that it's easier to remain in their comfort zones and stay within the parameters they are accustomed to. They see diversity as a rocky mountain which should be far better left alone. But what they don't realize is that there is a reward at the top of that mountain for those who dare to climb it. Those who embrace diversity will topple those who choose to not diversify their organizations. They will emerge as leaders and innovators within their respective industries. A convergence and divergence of cultures. When people of different races, ethnic groups, genders and so forth come together in an environment where they meet regularly and share ideas, philosophies and so forth, there is bound to be some convergence and some divergence. As people engage with one another, some of the ideas and ideals will meet, merge and converge to create new ideals and ideas, like how a sperm and an egg meet to create a new entity. Such convergence can be beautiful and it can birth and result in some wonderful outcomes. However, there can also be some divergence where a clash of ideas and ideals take place and people feel that they cannot work together peaceably. This is where we need to engage in conflict management to resolve clashes and get people to work together peaceably. You don't have to be birds of a feather to flock together. You know the old adage that says birds of a feather flock together? Well, that's not gospel truth when it comes to the modern organization. We can flock together, better yet, we can fly together even though we are not of the same feather. When I worked as a writer in the ad industry, I witnessed and participated in many teams which consisted of individuals from diverse backgrounds and they were working together and excelling in their professions. In one of the agencies I worked at, I was paired up with a female Africans art director and we worked together successfully on many campaigns. We couldn't have been more different from one another, but our different backgrounds worked in our favor and they served us. Our diverse ethnicities, genders and viewpoints made us a better and more complementary team. Diverse organizations are better equipped to cater to diverse markets. The more diverse your organization, the more people you can reach and communicate to in a manner that will resonate with them. As the diversity within various regions increases, the need to understand the cultural makeup of the customers we serve is also growing. There is a greater need to onboard people who can connect authentically with those we are serving. These are people who understand the nuances of the market and who have in-depth insight. These are insights that don't live on the web. There are many organizations who believe that they can just Google insights about the various audiences and target markets which they seek to communicate with. Such research can be misleading or lack the depth to really connect with those that they are trying to connect with. When you have people within your organization who have on-the-ground experience and who are from the audience that you are trying to connect with, 
you will communicate and sell in a much more authentic way. Diverse organizations are better equipped to cater to diverse markets. Diversity should flow from the top. The leadership within an organization sets the tone for the culture and how people engage with one another in the organization. The creation of a diverse workforce should begin at the top. To attract and retain diverse teams, you must onboard a diverse leadership. It helps a great deal in terms of recruiting diverse candidates because when potential members see diverse leadership, they may feel more comfortable with joining the team. This also communicates how serious the organization is about diversity. If it flows from the top, it will flow to the rest of the body. Diversity doesn't simply add to an organization, it multiplies it. When you are narrow-minded in your recruiting and you only onboard people of a certain race, gender or particular background, you will have much of the same and all you'll really be doing is adding to the organization. There will be no exponential growth or great difference that will emerge from that type of recruitment strategy. When you have a 3 and you add 10, you get 13. But if you have 3 and you multiply it by 10, you get 30. That's what diversity does for an organization. You are working with the same numbers, but it gets you greater results. It makes a greater impact on the organization's way of thinking and way of working. When you embrace a culture of diversity, you open up your organization to a more diverse pool of ideas. This can become a great competitive advantage, especially in a world driven by innovation. You also diversify the perspectives and contributions, meaning that you have more people looking at the same problem in different ways. This multiplies the quantity and quality of solutions coming in. The organization also becomes a lot more colorful and a lot more attractive. Diversity forms part of every good employee value proposition. An EVP is basically all the qualities that make an organization attractive to those outside who may be considering joining it. It is the compelling reasons that inspire those within the organization to remain within the organization, and it helps in attracting talent and retaining talent. Although it's not the organizational culture, it is an articulation of the benefits of being a member of the organization, and it forms the organizational culture to a great degree. Having diversity as part of your EVP reflects the progressiveness of your organization and it makes it much more appealing to those who may be considering either joining or working with your organization. The danger of stereotyping. Many people operate on surface knowledge and they make stereotypical assumptions about various races, genders, ethnicities, and so forth. A stereotype takes a blanket view of a group of people a view that is often quite derogatory. Stereotypes are akin to racism and other prejudices that exist out there. They make you take a very limited view of a person, their values, the value they can bring, the level of trust you have in them, and so forth. Stereotypes make assumptions about who people are, what they can do, and what they should be trusted with. Stereotypes can also cause a lot of conflict in teams and organizations. Many stereotypes are entrenched in how people view one another and how they interact and there's a lot of unlearning and relearning that has to take place. Stereotypical views make people treat one another with preconceived opinions and not as individuals. 
It takes away the individual's personhood and it ostracizes them, making them feel they are not really part of the team. When backgrounds come to the forefront, we are impacted by our life experiences and the things that we've been through. Our backgrounds come to the forefront in our behavior, in our ideas, our philosophies, and in our attitudes. What we've been through, how we were raised and so forth, affect how we think and how we behave. We take our backgrounds with us wherever we go. We may leave the places of our upbringing, but the nuances we got from there, the mannerisms and traits we gathered there, tend to go with us. A simple example is that in most black South African cultures, it is considered disrespectful to call a person who's older than you by their first name, yet in the corporate world, it is a norm. Do we stick to what we were taught growing up, or do we adapt and acclimatize to new environments and new realities? There are negative and positive norms inherited from our various cultures and backgrounds. In South Africa, bearing in mind the racially heated history caused by apartheid and the racial injustice of the past, many people carry prejudices and stereotypes regarding people of different backgrounds to them. Obviously, these preconceived ideas and warped ideologies are not beneficial to the workplace and can only serve to add tension and conflict in the workplace. Many preconceptions turn out to be misconceptions and we have to rethink what we are taught about people of different races, sexes and so forth. We have to reassess whether we should hold on to those opinions and viewpoints. Are these views holding us back and preventing us from engaging with others in a more positive way? Are they holding us back from relating with others in a more civil, more productive manner? There is no room for the isms that plagued our past. Those can only serve to divide us. Diversity training is necessary in many organizations as many of them reek of divisive philosophies, policies, and practices. You can smell it in the boardrooms, in the offices, and in the hallways. We have to become more conscious of the things that we think, say, and do. What thoughts do we need to change? What words do we need to stop saying? Which words do we need to start saying? What do we need to stop or start doing? It's important that we hold ourselves and others around us accountable. What do you base your treatment of people on? How do we treat one another in our organizations? Do we look at what race, gender, or ethnicity a particular person is and then treat them according to that visible external makeup or background? Are those who are promoted, promoted because of their background, their skin color, their gender, or are they promoted based on merit? A culture that favors people based on their ethnicity, gender, and so forth is one that breeds alienation and discrimination. You may begin asking questions about policies such as affirmative action, employment equity, and black economic empowerment. Some view these measures as reverse discrimination, but they are not. These measures and policies exist to foster and encourage diversity. They are necessary measures, necessary because there are many who choose to close the doors of industry to keep those who do not look like them outside. If industries were genuinely willing to open the doors of inclusivity, these measures would not be necessary and they would not need to be enforced. Engendering equality doesn't mean negating quality. 
Those opposed to making industries more inclusive argue that there isn't enough diverse talent in the marketplace, and so they are forced to adopt a recruitment policy that is rigid and monotonous. These excuses are ways and means of hiding their prejudice and concealing their fear of losing their grip on certain industries and certain levers of power. Talent and excellence aren't unique to any individual race or gender. These are human attributes that anyone can develop within themselves should they desire to. In every sphere of society, every sector and every industry, there are people of different backgrounds, races and genders who are excelling in their various spheres. The hunt and competition for top talent is a reality in every industry and it is the responsibility of employers to seek out talent and recruit it. It is also the responsibility of industry to upscale potential and help increase the diversity of the talent pool within their respective fields. Opportunities should be given to those who have the right attributes and who exhibit the right attitudes. The doors must be flung wide open for such individuals, not shut and locked by those who stand at these gates. Is your organization safe? Do people feel safe to work in the organization, considering their background, ethnicity, and so forth? Do people feel safe enough to report it if they feel that they have been discriminated against based on the fact that they offer different religious group, race, or gender? Is your organization a safe place for people of all creeds, or is it only friendly to those who look and think in a particular way? Is your organization safe from the legal implications of non-compliance to the statutes and policies such as employment equity? You should not reach a point where you are begrudgingly forced to change. Choose to change of your own accord, not to meet some quota, but because it is in the best interest of your organization to do so. It will engender growth, greater productivity, and greater creativity. People are not props. The above statement was inspired by a former colleague of mine who was scheduled to attend a meeting but said she wouldn't attend if she was going to be there as a prop and not play a meaningful role in the meeting. She was a recently appointed young black female creative who had come up with the concept which was to be presented at the meeting, but the white head of the creative department had originally planned to conduct the entire presentation. After she stated her objection, it was agreed that the presentation would be divided and each of them would present a particular section. Props are commonly found in movies or theater plays and they are objects which help the story along but they do not have any lines. They are objects, not people, and they are easily discarded and easily replaced. In many organizations, people are treated like props which are used for fronting and window dressing. These are organizations which have failed to truly embrace diversity. These organizations hire people simply to make up you know, employment equity scores and to reach the quota as stipulated by the legal framework. In some cases, you find people appearing on the company letterhead who are listed as directors. But when you do your investigations, you discover that the particular individual doesn't wield any authority in the organization. This culture of window dressing and fronting cripples the efforts of true transformation and diversity. Organizations that are found to be involved in such behavior and practices should face the full might of the law. Well, we've come to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to Leading with Confidence. Cheers.